With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottom and cans turn blue when your beer is cold and that way you know it's time to chill hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Another episode of Purple Insider, Matthew Collar here, and joining me on the show, somebody that I've wanted to get together with on a podcast for a long time. We've done a couple articles together, a defensive, is it okay to call you genius? I I think that's okay. Uh, Guru at least, genius at best, Um, Cody Alexander, the co-defensive coordinator at Mesquite Horn High School. Matchquarters.com is the website, Does uh, writes books, does a ton of great content, and I have learned oodles about how defense is played from this man. So, Cody, it's really great to have you on. Well, I, I appreciate it, and, and thank you for having me on. Uh, I want you to just fix the Vikings defense. Go. You got uh, half an hour or so here on the podcast. Just fix the Vikings defense. No, I, let's let's start off with a little philosophy here, though, before we get into some of the real serious issues that they're facing, and maybe there are some solutions to that. But philosophically, uh, Mike Zimmer started out week one attempting to make up for his defensive line shortcomings by blitzing, and Aaron Rodgers smoked the ever-loving hell out of that. And then in week two, he decided to let the Colts beat them with the run and play a lot more back and give help to his corners. And I, I guess I, I would love your opinion on how those two work together, the pass rush versus the coverage, and even which strategy, like being more aggressive with the blitz or trying to give help to your uh, struggling young corners, like which one of those strategies do you think is better? 
Yeah, the, that's always kind of the the big question, and and it's kind of like where do you sit on a scale? Uh, what does the rush matter more than the coverage piece? I do feel like though, if you go and you look at, go and look at what um, Bill Belichick has done with the Patriots and the amount of the amount of capital that he's put into that secondary, not so much at the D line, because I think in his mind you can manipulate the front and you can manipulate the coverage to get guys into one-on-ones or winnable matchups, whereas in the secondary, you can't. You can either cover that guy or you can't cover that guy. And the two things that I noticed, it really in the in the two games for the for the Vikings was just how soft the outside side coverage was, and then also just kind of when they're in zone being manipulated like that in terms of being able to run the ball or hey we're light here so you know we're soft on the edges and being able to take that because if you go and you look at something really where Rodgers was throwing the ball and Irv's throwing the ball and it's it's outside they're not getting beat over the top because they're in zone they've got two really good safeties where they're getting beat though is on that outside and so you know is losing Everson Griffin a huge deal probably a little bit but if you look at kind of the you know the the PFF rates how close linemen get to the quarterback every time the Vikings are over five yards whereas other teams are closer to to under four or right there at four and that's when you're not getting a rush you're really putting pressure on your corners and your safeties to play man coverage because once that receiver gets about 10 yards deep it's going to be it's going to be pretty much man coverage Right, even if you're trying to play safe, uh, you know, uh, a zone coverage over the top, eventually they're going to find ways to do that. And especially with the Packers, they spread the Vikings out. And so it didn't really matter. I mean, when you've got three or four wide receivers, five wide receivers spread out, somebody's got to be on somebody one-on-one, and the Vikings got roasted a lot in those situations. Now, I wonder about the blitzing element, because this is a question I get all the time is, hey, shouldn't Zimmer just start dialing up all these exotic blitzes? And I guess my answer is, in the past, he's been really brilliant with it on third down and 10, but that's when you are 100% certain that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw, and it just doesn't seem like they're going to be in third down and 10 as much as they used to. But should they try to be more aggressive with some of those blitzes in early downs, and, and what are some of the potential pitfalls there? Yeah, so I talked to several people um, this summer, and I did a piece for my my uh, match quarter Substack where I talked, I have co- called a conversation with Coach A, and I talked to several, you know, I talked to Warren Sharp, who does Sharp Analytics, works with, consults NFL offensive coordinators. Uh, I talked to several different defensive coaches at the college level. What are some trends? What are we seeing? And one thing was is that first down win rate of you have to be aggressive on first down, offensively and defensively, that you can't – too many times defenses are static on first down, yet offenses are aggressive. Well, as we know, you know, football kind of emulates kind of war. You know, we see that all the time. Well, being aggressive – early and kind of putting the punches early has been very successful for offenses. And that's one of the trends that you're seeing through the NFL is that attacking downfield on first down, not necessarily settling in and saying, okay, three yards in a cloud of dust on first down. Let's see where we are on second down. And then hopefully we can get close to the chains on third down. Now what you're seeing is let's be play action, 
kind of quick motion heavy on first down, really get the defense on its heels and attack downfield, win first down so that we have a manageable second and third down, and really hope to not see third down. I think that's the other key. You want to not see third down. And for defenses, now that now that offenses are being so aggressive on first down, remember, defense is always reactionary. So you're always going to have coaches that are a little bit behind, uh, especially ones that don't ne- maybe not necessarily are paying attention to the analytics or paying attention to where the trends are going. And I think one of the major issues is on defense, if you're just sitting in a 4-3 cover 2 look, on first down and that's static and that's what you're doing you're going to get beat more often than not just because you're not you're not being the aggressor and i think sometimes where you see success on defense is sending some five man pressures having some run blitzes having some four man pressures where you you know, what are called replacement or creeper pressures where you drop somebody uh, where they're not expecting, but you bring somebody from another another point kind of manipulating that, but staying run sound. You know, don't sell out on first down because you're probably going to get bit. But having those five-man or replacement pressures early to where you're good in coverage, but you're also sound versus the run. I think that to me is where defenses are going to have to start adjusting to kind of put the, put the aggression back on the offense. Right. And this team's not going to be sound against the run at any point. They're going to get run against, especially this week when they go against the uh, Tennessee Titans. Now, when, when I'm thinking about how you could succeed with a defense that has a lack of talent in some areas, and then younger players in other areas there's one thing that comes to mind of a potential solution and I think of it through the expected points added realm and that is big plays that is if you get a sack if you get an interception that you can change the game that way even though on a play-to-play basis you're maybe not doing that and in the past the Vikings defenses have been play-to-play so sound and so strong and everybody's in the right spot and they're getting four-man pressures and Linval Joseph is shutting down the middle that they didn't have to sell out to try to make big plays but uh, there was a study about what a sack does to your expected points added if you get a sack you almost I mean your chances to score just plummets on that particular drive and of course an interception is a game-changing play too so what can a defense do if that's how they're going to go about it? I don't know if Zimmer will, but when you look for potential solutions, there might not be many more than that to try to be more aggressive and sell out to make big plays. Right. So taking third down out of it, and, and if you're not familiar with kind of the rationale of a football coach, third down, especially in, in the NFL, which is so pass heavy, is its own it's its own entity. You plan third down on its own. You probably have a, a, a time during your, your week where all you work is going to be your third down scenarios. So how do you become more aggressive is on that first down, what, you know, what I alluded to was having some five-man pressures whether they're fire zones, whether they're man pressures, whether you're, uh, you're, you're doing like half field zones or anything like that, but having five man pressures where if they do pass, you're adding that extra guy, or if it's a run, well, you've got a hat on a hat and everybody's kind of, everybody's kind of near the line of scrimmage anyway, or the ball has to be to get out quick. That is kind of, to me, what the answer is going to be for a lot of, for a lot 
lot of defenses now is how can we manipulate pressure on first down by staying coverage savvy, but also really being aggressive on if they're going to run the ball, they're going to get a zero yard gain. Because if you can sit there and be in second and seven, that's a huge difference between a second and four or a second and three, because now the offense has the ability to take a shot down the field. You know, I was looking at it uh, today with my players and we're, we're getting ready for our opponent this week. And we're looking at the shot tape and we're noticing, you know, I'm, t- I'm telling them, do you notice a trend? These down, these are second and medium downs. It's all, you know, it's a, once we cross the 50, so having, you know, offenses are, are all, it doesn't matter what level you are. There are certain things that they want to do at certain times. And if I get a second and medium, I'm all automatically thinking, okay, here's where the shot's coming. Now they can take a shot downfield because now they're in a manageable third down if, if, they, if it's incomplete. And so for me, it's winning first down. I think everybody that I've talked to from a power five defense coordinator to a consultant to the NFL to what do I want to try and do as a high school coordinator is I want to try and win first down. That to me defensively is – where you are changing the game because if you can get that negative EPA on first down and you can get that sack on first down, a tackle for loss on first down, now you are looking at a second and 12, a second and 15, and that really kills a drive early in the down. So instead of focusing so much time on being aggressive on third and winning third, it really should be let's kind of try and get away from a manageable third down at all, really look at first down and be aggressive on that first down. I want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get all of your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. If you have not seen it yet, you've got to check it out. A couple of my favorite designs are the purple people eaters and the hooked on a Thielen look for all of you fans of a particular Detroit Lakes native receiver. All their apparel screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You'll love it. We're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order. Use code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods, code Purple Insider for free shipping. Get back to the conversation in just a minute, but first, Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going the extra mile to support us and and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. And I think this plays into how big of a loss Michael Pierce was for the Vikings is that that was always Zimmer's philosophy. If we've got Linval Joseph in there and he can stuff runs and they can get, you know, gaps for linebackers to shoot through and and create tackles for loss, that they're going to set up those second down and longs and make things a lot more difficult. Now, I think NFL teams are starting to realize, hey, second and 10, you can run a play action and there's no rules against that. It'll still work for you, but still you don't see it all the time with teams running play action second and 10 it's either handoff again or go into a straight drop back and that's exactly a win for you I think as a defense now I want to I want to talk about two specific uh 
kind of positions here. Now, you and I talked about Anthony Barr once upon a time for an article that I did, and now he's out for the season. And I think that there's a gap between kind of what the PFF stats say about Anthony Barr and what the coach sees in Anthony Barr. And maybe from a – because I know all the stats. Well, maybe from a coach's perspective, to have someone who's 6'5", 260 pounds – who can play, you know, cover a lot of space in zones and who can play the run well and who can blitz uh, really successfully. I mean, how much of a loss is that for the Vikings to not have someone who's so unique on defense? Yeah, and I think that's the thing with PFF that you always have to have a grain of salt. I love PFF. I think it, I think it's it's a good little marker for people to uh, kind of see where, where a, kind of a, an objective look at did they win a down, did they not win a down. Down. Um, but I think coaches look at it more broad picture of what were you supposed to do on that play in that scheme, you know, and it puts context context to it. Um, but a player like Anthony Barr, uh, I really feel like that athleticism that now you just open up so many more opportunities. And like you said you earlier, you can play your base when you just have better athletes than the other team. And so Anthony Barr obviously is one of the elite athletes in the NFL, being that big, being able to move that well and being able to play coverage, but also be wreck havoc on a blitz. Now people have to identify where he's at. Well, now that you're playing with really just, you're not playing with an elite athlete like that. You're not playing with an elite player like that. Now it kind of, it takes a little bit more pressure off that offense. Now they can start looking around and saying, okay, who can we pick on? And what I, what you've seen in the first two weeks is really it's been the corners. It's been the outside edges. Um, not a lot deep because obviously, you know, and we've talked about this before, the Vikings have one of the best uh, safety duos in the NFL, uh, but that, you know, attacking the edges, getting away from the better players, which would be the, be the safeties, basically taking them out of the game by using reduced sets and getting them in too high where they have to fill gaps and really in a cloudy, in a cloudy, muddy mess from deep, you know, hitting the edges, forcing the tack, forcing the, the corners to make tackles, you know, having linebackers that are sitting there having to read, run and pass and where do you fit in that and that's where I think if you don't have the talent is that you create your opportunities by uh, hey this guy's not really great at reading the pass or the run so being able to use him and like say look I'm going to make this really easy for you uh, you know I'm going to rush you you're I'm going to I'm going to kind of bring your rush percentage up a little bit more or hey we're going to use this five-man pressure we're going to be gapped out over here so all you have to do is literally just fit off the running back you know do things like that instead of where you have to necessarily sit back and read because like you said the vikings have really typically been really passive uh on early downs and then third down you get exotic which I think a lot of people in the NFL do that because it's a man's league. It's a you. It's a matchup league. It's it's. Do you have the cat versus their other cat, and can they match up? And where that matchup is. <laughs> do you have the cat versus their other cat is a great uh, football sentence, I think. Um, so yet with linebackers in the NFL, um, the Vikings obviously still have a great one in Eric Hendricks, but it's to me a position that does rely on a lot of other things. And so, you know, for Kendricks last year, he's rated by PFF, for example, as one of the top three linebackers in the NFL, if not the best. And I think from a coverage perspective, that doesn't change much, but from the run perspective, when you have a struggling defensive line, this is where it could be a major problem for them. And so I think that what we're going to see is that the grades for someone like Eric Kendricks go down because they really can't stop those offensive linemen from getting to the second level. 
Right. And so then, then again, it goes, what's the difference between PFF and what a coaching grade is, is that PFF is just looking like, look, did you win the down or not? Did you get blocked? Did you get out of it? Did you, did you make a play on that down? And whereas a coach is going to look at it and say that, well, that's not really on the linebacker. That's on the three technique, not being able to control the guard, or that's on the nose, not being able to demand a double team. Uh, and so, yeah, so, I, you know, again, you take those grades, those are good markers. It's kind of good to see. Uh, and it's and it's kind of analytically a good way to look at it. But in terms of like a coach sitting there thinking, it's like there's a lot. If you see a linebacker's production go down and then you also realize, well, the D-line is kind of in shambles right now. You're missing one of your better D-linemen. You don't have Anthony Barr. You know, you can kind of see like, okay, well, now there's there's a definite issue there. There's a reason why that production went down. Not necessarily the player can't play anymore, but it's like, okay, now how can we fix that issue? Is it do we move the line a little bit? Do we try and do some more pre pre snap movements? Do we try and do we try and send pressure earlier on on downs? And so I think that's going to kind of be the evolution of the season is of what do you do when you don't have anything? Like <laughs> and you know, genius is. Genius is always created out of, uh, you know, and innovation is always created out of, you know, kind of having one hand behind your back or being backed into a corner. And so how are you going to match? Now, hopefully, and Zimmer has proved over the years he's been a great defensive coach that he can figure it out. Uh, whereas some other guys, you know, you're like, well, no, I'm going to pound this square peg into this round hole. I'm going to make it work. Uh, so I think that's kind of one of the major issues is, and, and two, even I think a lot of defenses are going through this right now of just what we're like, you know, where are we going with this? Where, you know, we've have a lot of injuries. We have guys opt out. Where are we going with this? How can we fill these holes? And, and what in our scheme and in our world can we do to adjust? And I think the first four weeks of the NFL is going to be really telling. And hopefully you're not sitting there owing four. Hopefully you can win a couple games and get two and two or three and one. And so now you're on, you're on the, the uptick. Do you remember the uh, the old NFL films from the 90s and every they'd go through every team in their season and it would be the big voice guy and they would always have a name for it. What do you do when you don't have anything? Will be the the name for the Vikings 2020 season for sure. Uh, I want to I got two more things I want to ask you about. One is the three technique position because it is nothing short of disaster at this point. I mean, so they uh, had Shamar Stefan playing that last year, and he's kind of the run stuffer, and then they would mix in situational rushers to that spot. In the past, they've had some really good players there. Tom Johnson, uh, Sharif Floyd, before he had a, a career-ending injury, um, was kind of an up-and-coming star there. And I just feel like this has become a superstar position at three technique in the NFL that we saw DeForest Buckner game wreck. We saw Chris Jones in the Super Bowl wreck the game. And the Vikings have not spent draft capital on this position in quite some time. And I think it's really come back to bite them. So I wonder if, if you've seen an evolution of that position or if it's just more beasts are playing there. Yeah, I think when, you know, it's really the under tackle is really where it started with the Tampa 2, and Warren Sapp is probably the best the best version of that. When you run a four down front, your three technique has to be a dude because he is essentially man on man with that guard. And if he can't win, if he can't win that, you're in a little bit of trouble. 
you know, you can kind of do some different things with the nose, move them around from a shade to a G, which would be a two I to stack the guards to kind of help out the backers. You can do some different things, but your three technique really is going to be at the point of attack because that's where you're setting your strength defensive line wise in a four down. And then on passing downs, he's got to be able to win that. He's got to be able to win that matchup with a guard. He's got to be more athletic than that guard. Uh, and I think for, you know, and it depends. If you want a, your linebacker rushing the passer, you you know, hey, that guy can just be a run stuffer, pin the B gap, demand a double team, you know, try, try and do some other things that way. But if you're just looking at it and you're like, look, we're a 4-3 cover two team, you have to be able to have, have a win at that three technique. And I think if you look at how the NFL has progressed is that, uh, you know, that three technique piece and being able to attack that guard is something that hasn't gone away. That's It's just what you said, kind of now teams understand how important that is and they've actually put capital into that position, just like you would, you know, put a, a little bit more capital into an edge rusher, a corner, um, a, having at least one safety, having a linebacker that can guard a tight end. I think that, that those are the trends that you're seeing. Uh, but some things have never gone away, and that's edge rushers and three techniques that can rush the passer. Because once Warren Sapp hit, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, we can have an edge rusher and now somebody that can rush the passer from a three technique, and we're guaranteed if we put them all, both on the same side to get one-on-ones. That, to me, is where if you're going to run a four-down front, you got to be able to win. Get back to the conversation in just a second, but even though sports took a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts at all. Plus, Indeed provides you with powerful tools to make your search even easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, and with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates that you will see fast try indeed with free $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire this is their best offer anytime available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offer valid through September 30th and I also think that what we're seeing now is guys who might have been defensive ends in the past and I'm going back like maybe the 90s or something but I remember defensive ends coming in at 290 pounds a lot of times and now if you put if you're 290 pounds and you could rush the passer you're not a defensive end you're probably a three technique and so that's kind of where those guys have gone and instead of being three four outside linebackers you are if you're 260 or 250 pounds you're an edge rusher and it's sort of and and you used to be a safety if you're Eric Kendrick size, but now you're a linebacker. And it's a, it's a fascinating kind of evolution of how these defensive positions and just the shapes of the players have changed. Okay, last thing. ESPN tweeted something out that the Vikings run the least amount of plays that have motion right at the snap. So someone's going in motion right at the snap. Right. Now, I'm sure that this could be a one-hour Cody Alexander presentation on pre-snap motion and all the things that does to a defense. But my question for you is, 
should the Vikings be using it a lot more? Because right now they're dead last, and I know that ESPN has looked at this and found that there's some correlation between having success when you have someone motioning right at the snap, but not everyone all the time has always done this. So I'm curious from a defensive perspective what that does when the offense is using a lot of pre-snap motion. Yeah, I mean, you go and look what the Packers did to the Vikings and using that jet motion leverage and then the Packers against the, the uh, Detroit last week using uh, using their man coverage against them by using quick motions near the line of scrimmage, getting people moving. And, and what it does is, it one, it IDs the coverage for you, and two, it gives that offense leverage. Because remember, defense is reactionary. They don't know that they're going in motion. So... Once that receiver goes in motion, now that defender is a step behind. If you're playing man, you can run that receiver through a bunch of trash if you have a reduced set, or you can use that receiver to try and out-leverage, out-leverage that defender with speed, which is what a lot of times what you see the Kansas City Chiefs do. So I think if you use pre-snap motion and really just motion, they call it snap motion. So it's motion when, this, when you know, while going while the ball is snapped. So mm-hmm. yep. the receiver's moving when the ball is snapped. And, again, I think what they've shown is that uses leverage against the defense. Everybody's reacting to the motion. They're plussing their alignment. They're moving around. They're readjusting. And then, boom. You know, the ball snap and you're either running downhill where you just moved a guy or you are throwing the ball out to somebody that has leverage on their on their man. And I think uh, ESPN even did a thing last year where they looked at the Ravens offense and their EPA went from a point oh eight to point eleven. That's a three percent percentage point rate. Um, uh, better than what you would you, EPA than what you would have on a designed run. So we, a lot of the offenses are starting to figure out, you know, the 49ers have figured it out. The Rams have kind of figured it out. Uh, the the Packers with uh, Rogers embracing the, the pre-snap movement and things like that have started to figure out, look, if we're moving, then it's putting a lot of stress on defense. You know, Nick Saban has always said, you know, when he of all the times that he played, uh, Clemson. Clemson uses a ton of pre-snap movement. Uh, and it, it's eye candy. It's something that, oh, there's somebody moving in front of me. Even though I'm trying to read my key, I have mm-hmm. to be cognizant of leverage of other receivers. We're going from a three-by-one to now a two-by-two. Two. We're going from a two-by-two two to now I'm going to two-back. All of these mo- movements and motions – affect the structure of the defense and they do it at such a rate that the defense doesn't really have time to adjust you know and I think the other trend that you're going to see along with that is people are going to line up and empty and they're going to see where you put your guys they're going to identify and they're going to move the tight end around because in the NFL you don't put a DB on a tight end or you put a certain safety on your tight end and they're going to see if you're in man or you're in zone and that happened – That the Packers did that against the Vikings. They moved the guy – you know, they have the, the tight end go split out as the number one receiver. Then they motion him back in. They know that they're in zone. They know that now they have a soft edge to the tight end. And what do they do? They run a jet sweep. They did it again in the red zone. I think it was like in the third quarter against the Packers. So you've got – You've got the ability now to let you know use pre-snap shifting, then post-snap movement, and so that motion rate versus snap motion rate. I think you're only going to see that climb, and defenses are now going to have to plan how do we have checks that aren't affected by motion and shifting, and that that to me is going to be that's more stress on the defense. 
I knew that was going to be a great breakdown. I wrote it down. Ask him about the pre-snap motion and the Vikings not using it because that would be right up your perfectly giant football brain alley. So, Cody Alexander, that was fantastic okay. breakdown. Um, matchquarters.substack.com. You have joined the Substack Nation, and so we're, we're brothers in that. People should check that out. And you have all sorts of great stuff. You can ask you football questions. You have conversations with Coach A. You've got lots of great stuff. People should check that out. And you've also written books on defense. So if you're a football coach uh, and you want to learn more about different defensive strategies, you've got a ton of books. And I don't know, and this is from someone who spends all their time in football. I don't know where you find the time, but it's amazing. So Cody Alexander, uh, a must, must read, must follow. And by the way, I wish you the best of luck. You, you've, took, you've taken time here with a game this week that you're getting uh, ready for to talk with me. So I really greatly appreciate that. And I wish you the best of luck uh, for your team this year, Cody. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. And as always, I, I thank you for coming on. Uh, if you aren't a coach and you want to read a book about what's going on defensively, my second book, Hybrids, is a great is a great book that kind of breaks down some of the things that we're talking about and the evolution of how we got here and kind of where we're moving on. So it's not all X's and O's all the time. Um, but I, again, I do appreciate it. Uh, and, and thank you again. Yeah, and I also appreciate how much fans now want to understand better what's going on on the field because that allows me to have conversations like this. It was great. So uh, make sure you check it out, matchquarters.substack.com, and we will catch you next time on Purple Insider. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible change to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championships, all all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.